Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Cavalry Audio. All right, welcome back, beautiful people. This is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. And thank you so much for all of the feedback that we've received, all the questions that you're sending us, uh, because we are designing our podcast episodes based off of your level of interest. And so we're definitely appreciative. Keep it coming. Today, we got something that's a little interesting, um, you know, definitely near and dear to my heart, and I know you use it as well. But I do think that technology in plastic surgery is, it's only a matter of time. If you look at all of the technology that we have, I mean, obviously, it's growing exponentially, and especially using artificial intelligence and the way we are uh, establishing new medicines, new therapies, um, you know, our data is is exponentially improving. And so, you know, there's no doubt that uh, the first person that's going to live beyond 150 years is already born. And, um, you know, this is, <laughs> this is only the tip of the iceberg. So today we are going to talk about 3D imaging. Uh, we're, we're to, we use the Vectra XT system. And so really our experience will be uh, focused on that. There are a few systems that are out there, but 3D imaging technology, what we can use it for, how, it, uh, how it's used in creating data sets, how it's used for improving our results, and uh, I, I think how we use it as a visual and marketing tool. I mean, the idea is, I think long gone are the days where we just say, hey, don't worry about it. You're going to look great. Now people want to see. They want to see what they're going to look like. That's why before and after photos are so important because we want to visually see someone that looks kind of like us and what our potential could be. And this is where 3D imaging comes in because... Um, you know, as visual human beings, visual beings, when we see the potential, it gives us hope. It also makes sure that the surgeon and the patient are on the same page. Absolutely. And so I can't tell you, you know, my line is, especially for rhinoplasty, is when I come in and I'll say, look, I don't want to find out what I think is a perfect nose isn't what you think is a perfect nose. And this way you can visually come to an understanding prior to any incisions being made. So I think... This is not only, um, you know, a very cool tool. I think that this is a necessary tool. Absolute game changer. Um, this has changed um, the reoperation rate, the um, mm -hmm. problems that people have when they say, my surgeon and I weren't on the same page. Um, you allow and you're able to show people their 
starting point, their existing asymmetries. There's a lot of things that the human eye doesn't see when they look at themselves in the mirror, especially because you look at yourself every single day in the mirror. Um, it's like watching your child grow. You, you just are like, wow, how did that happen? I, you saw them every day. You didn't necessarily see the changes, but every time someone saw them, oh my God, Bobby grew so much this last month. Mm -hmm. Anyways, I say it because when you look at yourself every day, you don't necessarily notice that one eyelid's lower than the other. You don't notice that one nipple is lower than the other. You don't notice that the fold on your breast is lower than the other. But when you do something like this, where it's a camera that takes you for, takes a picture from you in multiple angles and then puts them all together and is allowed and it basically allows you to turn the body upside down and right side up and to the side it allows us to really get on the same page and understand the things that are possible and dr lakey said something that's really 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 important listen those days of me saying i'm going to make you look good don't worry about it those days are gone you should not have certain types of procedures done without 3D imaging. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about it. So listen, again, we are talking about the Canfield system, Vectra XT, which is our standalone. You stand in front of it and some of the options that we have. So we can talk about facial analysis. We can talk about breast analysis and body analysis. Now, it doesn't do everything. There are a few main procedures that it's really known for. And so um, the idea is we'll kind of go over our usage, um, you know, what we can do. Uh, you know, I, I was just involved in a paper that was uh, just accepted for publication in the Plastic and Reconstructive Surgery Journal based off of this. And so... The tools are endless, and uh, every with every update, it only improves it even more. So, um, I'll start off by the facial analysis part, and in and, and there are this is twofold because one we're going to talk external, um, and two we're going to talk about its use in rhinoplasty. <clears throat> so, excuse me, and and what we'll do is. You know, I, I want people to understand that it's more than just a photo. The interesting part, especially with the face, remember, we're two pieces that fuse in the center. That's why there are so many asymmetries. And the interesting part is that our brains, when we look at someone, naturally takes the better half and replicates it. It continually symmetrizes. The brain is always working. And that's why the common phrase, they look better in person. Whereas a photo does not lie. So I have patients that come in and say, ah, you know, I like myself in person, but I hate myself in photos. That's because photos don't lie. They show all of the asymmetries. And so I can, I know I'm talking to 99% of you out there that you have a good side and a bad side, uh, you know, you, where you always want to stand a certain way, uh, you know, when you're taking a photo. The good part about it, uh, so here's how this system ultimately works. It has multiple cameras and mirrors. You stand in front of the machine, and it has the ability to scan from head to toe. You know, obviously, there are certain areas that you stand in, and, and um, you know, we use certain areas as a control, but it can take all these photos. It has even the ability to take a picture from the front and the back and stitch it together. So we have a 360 degree analysis, okay? 
First, I'm just going to focus on facial analysis, and then I'll let you take over on, on breast and body. And um, But as far as facial analysis, there are a couple things that this is used for. We can evaluate the skin. So we look at red spots, brown spots, and we can look at this as a marketing tool, okay? So what do I mean by that? Let's say you stand in front of the machine, it takes a photo, it, it generates the image in a matter of 60 to 90 seconds. And you can look prior to any pre treatment. Let's say I'm going to get a TCA peel or a laser treatment or something like that. And you want to see the actual difference that it makes. I mean, visually, you'll obviously be able to see it. But the, the interesting part is there's something called RBX technology. And it separates the unique color signature of red and brown skin components and really allows you to see certain skin conditions. So let's say you think your skin looks pretty good. You'll stand in front of this machine. It will take a photo and essentially assess the redness that you have, especially for those of us who have, uh, you know, t small amounts or large amounts of rosacea. It allows you to see the progression or regression of that disease. And for those of you who don't know what rosacea is, uh, unknown cause, but um, usually causes redness in little capillaries along the face, almost in a mask-like area. Sometimes you see it on the central forehead and the chin, but really it's over the nose and uh, cheeks. And then there are brown spots, which we can see as sun damage. And sometimes you use this technology because it is uh, essentially assessing the quality of the skin and how much has been damaged. So let's say you go in front of this, you see that you've got, uh, you know, moderate rosacea, you have, um, you know, moderate sun damage, and then you undergo a procedure afterwards, you're going to see an improvement, especially in the brown spot or sun damage portion. And it's amazing that how much it'll show you you know, that you can't see with your eyes. Mm -hmm. Like what Dr. Lakey's saying is some of the sun damage is, is you really can't tell, but there's no, there's no dark spots there. But after the treatment, it's like, wow, look at the difference. So Definitely. And you know, listen, when you have sun damage, the DNA has been damaged. The idea is um, you can take this photo, match it up to the way you look in the mirror. And sometimes you can't see all of these dark spots that are about to form because they will. They will eventually form just because, you know, again, the skin has been damaged. So the idea is this can give you a great path to recovery, showing yourself uh, solutions through treatment. This is Dr. John Lakey at Forever Young. Hope you're enjoying the show. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. The other way that I really use this when we talk about facial analysis is for rhinoplasty. Now, this is for me one of my favorite things because first what happens, you take the photo. Then we do a, uh, a quick analysis. So there are certain key points on the face that the computer will register. And we make sure that all of those points are where we need them to be. It generates the image, and then you can manipulate the image based off of those points. So now there's about 14 different points on the nose 
there's some on the lips, there's some on the chin, and it basically uh, keeps you uh, keeps everything in, in in its relative proportion. If you come in and say, "Look, I want to make my nose smaller, remove the hump, narrow the tip, lift it." I can actually show you side by side what it looks like, how many millimeters of, uh, of the hump I've removed, how many degrees I've increased the angle of the nose. Uh, you know, I can do it from every single angle. I can look from the side view, oblique view, from the top, which we call a bird's eye view, from the bottom, which is a worm's eye view. And it really allows us to see a three-dimensional structure and how we can alter it. The interesting part and why I love this as such a marketing tool um, and a visual tool for rhinoplasty is you can see what you're going to look like. You know, now, even when you look at uh, some of the clothing sites, you can take a picture of yourself, put the clothing on you to see how it looks. I mean, there's all kinds of things that you can do using some of the new technologies. It allows you to visualize and that way you can tell whether you like it or not. Sometimes what I'll do is, let's say I listen to the patient, we examine them, I know what needs to be done, and then I try to create something uh, that I think is going to be good for that, Matt, you know, obviously uh, that looks good on their face. And a small percent of the time I have people say, ah, you know what, that's not really what I was thinking. It's kind of like with you when people come in and say, look, I want to be, I want to have a natural implant size. And then they show you pictures afterwards and they're clearly not natural. Absolutely. So the idea is, you know, the hardest thing in the world is setting patients, patients' expectations, letting them know what they should expect. Because Listen, I can create a simulation all day long, but if it doesn't fit on their face or it's not realistic, that also doesn't work either. Um, there's, <laughs> there's one way that I get to test how close I get to the simulation, and I'll, I'll talk about that you know, at the end, but um, the idea is I want to create something that's going to be reasonable. I always say I'd rather underpromise than overdeliver. Here's the best I can do. If you like it, great. In surgery, I'll always try to do something a tiny bit extra, not give you a new nose, but the idea is sometimes I can't promise you something until they actually see the infrastructure of the nose. I love using this tool because I can build up the nose. I can, you know, make the nose smaller. You can essentially not only overlay the images, so I can put them side by side, but I can overlay the images so I can see exact uh, dimensions on what I need to do. So it only improves my potential results. This is where I've joined it with 3D printing surgery because we create uh, nasal profile guides and 3D crea uh, uh, created splints. These are custom splints that are created for after surgery. This is all using this new technology. So, and that's kind of how I, I you know, was alluding to earlier, how do I know that I'm actually achieving the simulation? Well, the first time I put one of those 3D splints on afterwards and it fits perfectly, that lets me know I've hit it. But it, it, not even to just wait for that to happen, the idea is in the operating room, I can lay down, we work with a company called Mirror Me 3D, and I can lay down a nasal profile guide to make sure it's exactly what I'm promising from a profile. And we can use little guides to make sure that it's exactly what I'm promising from the front. 
So rather than, you know, leave it to chance or artistic eye and things like that, which obviously that will always be a component, but this also allows you to essentially double check yourself, double check your work. And it's amazing because you have that conversation most of the time, you know, with rhinoplasty, sometimes you've got younger, 18, 19, 20 year old, uh, you know, girls or, or, or boys that come in with their family and they'll sit there and they'll talk about it and it allows that conversation. So after surgery, there's no like, oh my God, but no, but there's no but because you really went over everything. You told the, the patient what they're starting with, what they can expect. This is what I can do for you. So if you're okay with it, then let's proceed. If you're not, you need to speak now or forever hold your peace because you have the ability to say, no, I want my, my tip to be turned up more. No, mm-hmm. I, I, I want you to shave more of the dorsum. No, 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 make my nose narrower. You can show all of these things and they're relatively accurate. That's the, the beauty of this. And we'll get into breast and body in a minute. It's so accurate that I can take a post-op picture and literally transpose it. And they look almost exactly the same. You know, the interesting part is I've here in going along with what you've been saying, let's say I had a recent uh, 18 or 19 year old female who came in and had a, a, a complete idea of what she wanted her nose to look like, brought in, you know, inspiration photos and things like that. So on the simulation, I tried creating the exact same nose. And when she saw it on herself, she realized, you know what? Actually, it looks a little too high. I don't like that. And so we lowered it a little and made it look better for her face. And that's the great part. Listen, you know, every rhinoplasty surgeon has their own aesthetic. And uh, I will say that there are some surgeons out there that create the same nose every single time. And for the majority of the time, it looks good. Uh, but there are occasional times when it doesn't. And this really offers us the chance to review it prior to, again, any incisions being made. And so this was just one example of where someone said, you know what, maybe I don't like that look on my face. The interesting part is a recent study came out that showed that rhinoplasty uh, automatically makes you look four years younger. And I think that's an overall uh, statement. Don't worry, the 17-year-old coming in isn't going to look 13. But um, And the, the other thing that it does, again, remember I said your brain is constantly trying to symmetrize your face. If you make a more symmetric nose, now the brain isn't working as hard there and the face looks different, more symmetric. That's what the brain does. The interesting part, and I've showed this to multiple people, you know, we've, we've gone over the simulation, they'll say, wow, my face looks thinner here. Or my face looks more heart-shaped. And I'll say, you know what? We haven't changed the facial shape one bit. You overlay the images and you only see, you toggle back and forth. You only see the nose change and the face stays the same. It is astounding on what tricks a symmetric face can play on the brain. So I think, again, I think this is a necessary tool for rhinoplasty. I know that not everybody has the, you know, the 3D system and some people try using, uh, you know, uh, Adobe Illustrator and things like that. If, if it gets you the something similar, just so the patient can visualize it, I totally understand. Not everybody wants to spend the, you know, thousands of dollars on these machines. I think it's probably 50 or $50,000, something like that. Um, but I do think that this is... It, such a fantastic investment that for our practice, it really has, it has narrowed the gap on providing patient expectations. It, it really has. And so 
The goal is now I can say, this is what I plan on giving you. This is what you should expect. We should be within a certain percent or degree of, uh, of accuracy. Um, and, and ultimately, you know, the shape is presented to you and you choose it. Absolutely. And, and, and I'm going to move on and talk about breast and body and stuff. But before I do anything, I'm going to tell you, every patient that I go into a simulation with, I'll say the same thing. And this is what I say. Whether or not you're going to do this operation with me, you have to have a simulation for a breast augmentation. Because all the studies show that the biggest problem with breast augmentation is size. Mm -hmm. So there's a problem with size when it comes to the patient and the surgeon. So here's the thing. What if I can use a tool that takes the guessing game away? So prior to doing this this vector 3D imaging or, or any type of 3D imaging, we used to use sizers, these, these sizers that people would put into their bras. Or we used to put in, some people used to use bags of rice or bags of lentils and things like that. And guys, think about putting a bag of lentils in your bra and pushing your breast to one side. It's not a good indication. All you're going to see is what it's going to look like in a bra. The beauty of how this works is, just like Dr. Lakey said, take a picture and what it does is it shows me your breast. You sit right next to me. The first thing I do is show you what your breasts look like because I guarantee you, you don't realize one may be a little bigger, one may be a little lower, one areola and nipple, the nipple areola complex may be a little higher, one fold may be a little higher. These are things you need to see because as a surgeon, first of all, it's helping me first and foremost. So I get to see these and it helps me plan my operation. Like he, he, I mean, I've even seen he, it calculates volume, and that's the it's unbelievable. That's the 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 biggest part right there, and it, more than just the dimensions itself or the measurements. It's you know because it gives you those two calculates measurements. Vo- cal- calculates volume, so you can actually do this for you know a lot of a lot of people have used these for volumetric studies of the face after fat transfer, after filler, after just watching. You know, one of the one of the biggest studies is is just volumetric changes in the face over the years. How do you think we do it? We do it with this type of technology. You take a picture of it and you see, oh, look, the volume went away over the last 10 years. Where is it going away? Oh, in the, in the fat pad, you know, in, in the central fat pad. You can see these things and it's, and it's amazing because then you can figure out how you're going to treat them. Now, with breast augmentation, I'm going to start out with first. It's very simple. It's a, it's a quick and easy analysis. We do the analysis of the breast first, and then we talk about size. And the beauty of it is the software actually has the, the measurements, the exact measurements and volume of all the different implant manufacturers. So whether or not you want to, to use an Allergan or a Sientra or a Mentor implant, they're all in there. So you say, hey, I'm going to use a moderate plus 330cc implant on you, it takes that exact one and puts it in there. Now, it also allows me to compare your before doing nothing, your 330 cc's, then it'll let me compare it to 430 cc's. You can put these all next to each other and then you can make the decision. Now, obviously, a good surgeon is going to guide you, but at the end of the day, you get to pick. And it's never like, oh, it's too big or it's too small. And 
honest to God, ever since we got this machine, we haven't had any problems with size. Size you know, discrepancies th- haven't been an issue. I thought it was also interesting that um, you have the option of seeing without clothes or with a swimming suit. So it kind of gives you an idea of what to expect in clothes and out of clothes. Oh yeah, they have the cheetah print, <laughs> actually, which is really cool. Um, so that's so that's the first thing. So so someone comes in, very simple, very easy. You can come in with your husband, your significant other, whoever is coming. You guys can make a decision together, and I'm there to guide you. Breast augmentation, very very straightforward. We hope you're enjoying this episode. If you'd like more information about our practice, you can check out our Instagram. It's PlasticsDocs, P-L-A-S-T-I-X-D-O-C-S on Instagram for more information. Dr. Daniel Poor and I will be back after a quick break. Then we move on to what, what it may look like if you need a breast lift, which is amazing because sometimes, all the time, it's impossible to make you understand why you need a lift. So I'll bring you into a room and I'll show you what it looks like with just a breast augmentation. And most of the time you're like, no, that looks horrible. And you try to tell a patient that, but they don't understand. And then you simulate and you show how the lift works And it's a game changer because number one, it shows where the scars sit. It shows how it tightens the breast. It shows how it lifts the breast. And these are all very good ways to educate a patient, make them understand what the operation is all about and what their options are. Now, last but not least, there's a new uh, part of the, the software that they've put in, which is for revisions. And people that want to go bigger or smaller, we can actually show you that now. And it wasn't like that in the past. So let's say you, you've you already had implants for years and, and now you're thinking of, oh, you know, I need to get these things changed and maybe I want to go a little bigger, but I wonder what it looks like. Well, now we can show you that too. This tool is really one of those things. And, and again, I tell people this, I say, you don't have to have surgery with me, but make sure you at least do your sizing with this because the next best and the only better way to size is in surgery. But you want to have a, a relatively you know small range of size so you don't come out and say, well, you the, you know your patient's going to be like, well, you decide you told me you were going to put a three hundred cc in. Why'd you put a five hundred cc in? This way we can actually sit there, really have the conversation, and honestly, it takes that guessing game away, and it's amazing. It takes minimal time. Um, if you're going to do breast augmentation, breast augmentation with a lift or just even a lift alone, I highly, highly, highly recommend you find a surgeon that has some sort of 3D imaging. You know, it's interesting what you just said. I can't tell you how many patients we've had that said, look, we went in, we we're going to get 300 cc's, 325 cc's. We came out with five, 500 mm-hmm. um, because, listen, you and I both know the bigger the implant at least short term, Looks of course, it's going to look great just amazing. because, you know, they're full, but ultimately, you know, they have, they're wrought with complications. Right. And so I, I, it was amazing to me that there were so many patients that had that issue. Um, and this is one way where you can eliminate the guesswork. You put a range in place and obviously you can, you have the, the license to tweak it here or there. The important issue or one of the options that I even saw was 
people with very wide chests or narrow chests, you can actually shift where the implant is placed. Oh, that's right. And so it was interesting for someone who wants more cleavage. And then you move the implant closer together and you look at some of the sizes to see how it reflects on the outside. It's amazing. just amazing technology. It really is. It's, it's, it's great also because you can show them because some patients come in and they're like, why can't you put the implant like even closer? I'm like, because your nipple is going to go way outside. And sometimes, to you know, we've been doing this for a very long time. We're board-certified surgeons. We've been, you know, we're really, we understand the concepts really well because we've been doing it for so long. Somebody that's just off the street that, that's getting something done, they don't understand. But if you can show it to them on a big TV and they can see it, again, it's a lot easier to comprehend and understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> now, I'll, I'll move along. I think, you know, for breast, again, Volume analysis, it's amazing. You could do it in the face, you could do it in the chest. Um, it really helps set up proper expectations so people understand what's possible and not to go. Definitely. The other thing that I was going to say that what's so cool is when you do some of the evaluation, it's not just the, the volumetrics of the breast, but it will actually show you where the rib cage is. It'll show you how much, you know, because how many times have you done a breast augmentation in the left side over the heart? The rib itself is more anterior. And so you end up having to put a smaller implant because it just looks that much bigger. Mm-hmm. Or the opposite, you put the same size implant and then they come out and they say, gosh, my left breast is larger. Well, it's not. It's because your chest actually, the chest cavity is more anterior. And it's amazing how it shows all of that. There's different little modes you can show. Mm-hmm. And when you show this to the patient, it really makes them understand what we're working with, you know, what we're starting point. The starting point and the, and the actual analysis, when a patient comes in and I measure you, they're like, oh, cool, okay, 12 centimeters, 15 centimeters, nine centimeters. But when they see it mm-hmm. and that triangle, what we like to do is triangulate the breasts, that triangle is a little off. One side's a little off to the other side. Now they understand, hey, listen, this isn't as straightforward. I have two different breasts. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people really don't see that. And that's and this is really, really helps. At the end of the day, this is really a great tool for the surgeon because it allows surgical planning and it allows conversation with the patient. But it also is really good for the patient because you're not just blindly picking. It used to be, let's try these sizers on and then bring me a picture of someone. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And you're like, okay, well, that person doesn't really look like me. doesn't have the same shape that I have. doesn't have the same breasts that I do, but I have to make you look like that much harder. Definitely. So listen, we've seen the benefits of face. We've seen the benefits of the breast. One thing that we, you know, one of the other options that we have is body imaging. So again, we have 360 degree, and this is one of the areas where you can lipofill or you can take away. So imagine we're showing you what you could potentially look like using uh, after liposuction. I mean, it's one of those things where, um, so you essentially stand in front of the machine, allow it to take a photo, and then you turn around and allow it to take a posterior photo. And then the machine, the Vectra, actually stitches it together. So I've got now a 3D, fully 360 degree uh, around image of an individual. And you can reduce volume or add volume in certain areas. And it's just a phenomenal technique to show someone the potential. Um, And Really, the issue for us, you know, again, we we were talking about it earlier. I think that one of the really important parts is 
when we are doing research or we're writing a paper or looking at differences, or if you want to establish the efficacy of a new technology, the goal itself is to be able to evaluate something that is identical. So if you put two images right next to each other, 2D imaging sometimes doesn't capture it. You can, listen, it's a good option and you should always have 2D imaging as a part of your repertoire. But 3D imaging actually does volumetric analysis. Uh, and an example for this, um, when the uh, M-Sculpt first came out, we were involved in doing a study of the calves we did calf muscles. We, they were set up a, a particular protocol. And I initially had taken 2D photos, done measurements, and volumetric analysis using the 3D imaging. And it was so interesting how even <laughs> when you were taking measurements at the same point, how this the this slight standard or the, the slight potential for error is there when you are just looking at a 2D photo and you're just uh, measuring something yourself. But when you've got 3D volumetric analysis, it'll give you the exact, it measures you know, the exact same part on the body and multiple different points. So you, don't, you can't get it wrong. And then it will, uh, you know, using color coordinated, uh, you know, volumetric analysis, it'll tell you how much volume has been added in a certain area, how much has been taken away in a certain area. I mean, honestly, it was such a great tool that um, I, I, we're seeing more and more of it in plastic surgery in our research. Yeah. I and mean, I mean, think about it. you do 360 lipo on someone. You can take a before and show an after mm-hmm. and really show the amount of volume that's been taken off. Now, we don't do that um, a lot, but you can. And you can show how much someone's waist has, has come in and how much it's changed, the measurements around the waist. I mean, th- some of the possibilities with this type of, of, of technology and imaging, it, they're endless. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can do, you could spend so much time just picking points. I mean, there's a there's a, another module on there for the body where you can actually show liposuction and take areas of fat away. Um, and it's really interesting because you can show somebody how, what your thoughts are on how you want to sculpt their body. Because very simple, all liposuction is, is you're taking areas of fat out, right? So you can literally strategically do the same thing on this 3D imaging and then show the person's body in, in literally just all the way around from the front to the side to the back in exactly a 3D type setting. And it really makes somebody understand why we're doing that or why we're going after that. And most of the time, it makes the person add more surgery and wants make, makes them add more things because they're like, wow, it, it really brings a wow factor in because sometimes it's hard for you to picture what's going to happen after an operation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, listen, I think, uh, you know, the idea behind using this technology, again, it's not to market you so we sell you on something, um, you know, to, to promise you something that we can't deliver. The whole idea behind this is to for you to visualize the potential of what can happen, to make sure that we're on the same page prior to any incisions being made to make sure that you truly understand your current asymmetries and what is necessary in order to get you more symmetric, that you understand 
where incisions are going to be placed, that you see whether or not, you know, again, let's say as example, I'm doing a rhinoplasty and I say, look, I may have to narrow your nostrils a little bit. Well, no one really knows what that means until they can see it, you know? And so then if, let's say I narrow it and the person says, "Eh, I don't know if I like that. It's easy to, to know. So if I wouldn't have done that simulation and showed them the, that potential, they could have wound up with a, you know, a look that they did not like. So I think that, um, you know, again, this to me, at this stage of the game in 2022, I think it's not that it's a game changer. This is standard of care. Yeah, I agree. I completely, completely agree. Um, and, and again, I, I like talking to you about these take-home messages. My huge take-home message for breast augmentation and a rhinoplasty, both of those procedures over everything else, like liposuction and, and circumferential measurements and even volume in the face, it's great. It's a plus. But for breast augmentation and rhinoplasty, mm-hmm. I would tell you it is a must. So... Make sure you do it. And, and if you don't like the vibe of the, of, the, of the surgeon that you see, at least you can see what volume is good for you. And then you can go and do it with whoever you want. But it, those, that conversation with you really taking a look and seeing what the possibilities are on your own body cannot be done without this type of 3D imaging for the nose and the breast especially. Um, I think it's definitely something you should do if you're considering of having these, these uh, procedures. Make sure you have 3D imaging. Amen. Well, listen, I hope you guys have learned something today. Uh, For us, this is an important part of our practice. I think that our patients, uh, you know, we've gotten nothing but great feedback and it's setting the appropriate expectations and, and delivering the result that we are setting out to deliver. So once again, just as a reminder, this is Forever Young. I'm Dr. John Lakey. And I'm Dr. Payman Danielpour. You can listen to us on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Peace. From iHeartRadio, Forever Young is a Cavalry Audio Golden Hippo production. We are produced by Brandon Morgan. Josh Windish does our editing and mixing. Payment and I serve as executive producers along with Dana Brunetti and Keegan Rosenberger. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.